Sheila will be coming to sunny California for the month of July and is considering different venues to visit. If you're in California and you're interested in having your church or small group host a weekend warfare workshop with Sheila, send her an email at info at Sheila.media to start the process. That's info at Sheila.media. Her SWAT prayer group will also be hosting an amazing event at a date to be determined. Stay tuned for details and be sure to be following her Facebook page. Sheila will also be in Montrose, Colorado, September 27th through the 29th at the Western Colorado Church of Deliverance in conjunction with the West Coast Church of Deliverance. For more information, go to WCCD.com. In October, she'll be in Auburn, Alabama from the 4th to the 6th at the Skyfall 2019 Bible Conference Cosmology Prayer and Spiritual Warfare event in conjunction with Fire and Grace Church. For more information, go to skyfall2019.org. That's skyfall2019.org. Nationally syndicated media personality and author Sheila Zielinski, a.k.a. Weekend Vigilante. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only program to bring you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God with a focus on spiritual warfare. And now, here's Sheila. Well, folks, you are in for a very special treat, and she's long overdue, and I'm really excited to have this guest back on the program because I had a chance to listen to a show she did this past April in Colorado. She did an incredible expose on another topic that I want to have her back on next week because these are two incredible shows that you're going to listen to. This one hits very close with me. Today, we're going to get into a special topic. My guest is Carolyn Minkowski. She is out there in Colorado. Man, is that ever a beautiful state? And she's going to get into a show today we're entitling Sibling Rivalry. And listen, this is not what you think. This thing goes deep and you're going to be surprised at how you connect with today's show. If you have any siblings, you want to listen to this show. So without further ado, I want to welcome back to the program. It is Carolyn Mikowski. Welcome to the program, madam. Thank you, Sheila. It's great to be back. And yes, the topic is uh, something everybody can relate to. And even if you're a single, a single child, hey, you can pray for other people that have siblings. So yes, the topic is sibling rivalry. And uh, this, this topic just transcends time. It began with Abel and Cain, and it's going to go on until the end when Jesus comes back. Unfortunately, but I believe this topic is so important to our healing and to our children's upbringing that we need to understand it. So there's three three things, really, that I want people to get from this message. And one is that people have been in denial about really about what sibling rivalry is and have not taken it seriously. So I'm bringing this message to give a greater awareness and recognition of what it is because there's lifetime consequences of how we treat our siblings and how they treat us. And also God wants to heal the wounds of sibling rivalry that we have caused or that have been inflicted on us. And usually it's some of both, taking personal responsibility for what we've done and also getting healing for what was done to us. And then forgiveness to be able to let it go and, and have that closure. And also for parents, you need to know this information so you can uh, stop letting it happen and correct the course for your children. And if you believe in deliverance, then you will pray deliverance for your children and teach them what is right and wrong. So parental dis discipline is such a big part of curbing sibling rivalry and stopping it. So let's get into it. Um, the sibling relationship is generally the longest relationship one will have throughout a lifetime. And the sibling relationship is an important influence on how people feel about themselves and the kinds of relationships they go on to develop outside the family. And, you know, we don't think about that. It's like, hey, you know, it's my brother, my sister, and, and yet it's the first peer relationship that we are introduced to. So those patterns really define who we are. Now, let me just give you a definition of sibling rivalry. And you know what? Siblings can be, you may have been an only child, but you, 
grew up with a stepsister or stepbrother or maybe cousins and you just they were like a brother or sister to you so um, that really can be included here but sibling rivalry is the antagonism or conflicts against brothers and or sisters that manifests itself in envying, jealousy, physical fighting, verbal hostility, teasing or bullying, and really so much more. But it, it's an antagonism. It's something where um, a brother, sister, sister and sister or brother and brother um, actually compete against each other. And it can come with that competition uh, that siblings have for parental love and attention and approval. Um, but there's just many different things that can happen. Hatred and resentment also ride the train of sibling rivalry. And yes, we in deliverance, sometimes we talk about a three chord strand because really the demons, if they if they can work together, it, they can really uh, be stronger in fighting against us. So I think that envy, jealousy and, and resentment are three biggies with sibling rivalry. So I don't want to list all the synonyms for rivalry, but um, there's some that I think can help us identify what happened to us from another sibling or things we've done to our siblings. So some some of the synonyms are um, backbiting, bad sportsmanship, coveting, evil eye, grudging. I mentioned hatred and resentfulness, bad blood, contention, contest, you know, where everything's a contest between brother and sister or a fight, hostility, quarrel, squabble, strife, and competition. So think of these as spirits or demons that are behind sibling rivalry and really any rivalry, but we're focusing today on brothers and sisters. So, um, and I'll, we'll call these out at the end in, in deliverance. Okay. So sibling rivalry, you know, can be always fighting against your sibling, always getting into some kind of disagreement. It could be an occasional thing that happens. So what I'm going to be talking about might have been one situation that happened with your sibling, but it was impactful in your life. Or it could have been something that happened all the time. And siblings can have some discord, but generally they can get along most of the time. But they may, may carry some deep feelings of hatred or resentment. And it might be with or without reason. I knew one younger sibling that would always get in front of the other sibling, blocking her view from the person that was trying to talk to her. And she would physically hide her sister's face so she could replace her or obliterate her and be in control of the situation. Yeah, talk about manipulation, uh, witchcraft control. And this was, you know, one of their issues, and there was lots that had to do with their relationship, but that was just something someone told me about their um, sibling relationship. Some sibling relationships can border on mild or abusive types of rivalry. So what's the difference between sibling rivalry and sibling abuse? Well, I read a book, um, this was a long time ago, probably almost a couple decades, but uh, it was by Vernon Weehe, W-I-E-H-E, and it was called Sibling Abuse and What Parents Need to Know About It. So what I found out is that sibling violence is the most common form of family violence. It's more prevalent than child abuse or domestic abuse combined. And that was just really astonishing to me, and I thought, never really thought of it before, but um, really, it's not it's not taken seriously in our culture. Sibling abuse uh, versus rivalry depends on many factors, and they can be the same thing, just a different level. So, for example, you can start out having maybe some teasing or name calling, and then it can become get into more physical things like pushing, shoving, um, and even sexual abuse of of one sibling by another. When one child is always the victim and the other is the aggressor, then, you know, it also becomes an abusive situation. Violence starts out as maybe pushing or shoving and goes to more extreme forms of biting, slapping, pushing, pinching, hitting, hair pulling, or scratching, and even tickling. I'll read you an excerpt from someone who had that happen to her. But why isn't anybody talking about this? You know, if a man was to hit his wife, no one would think twice about seeing that as an assault or a criminal act. We would say that's domestic violence and something needs to be done right away or 911 would be called. But when a child does the same thing to a sibling, the exact same act is construed as a squabble, a fight or rough housing. 
Haven't you heard that before? It's just as, if not more, traumatic because children are not fully matured and their brains are not completely developed to handle uh, the t this type of behavior towards them. And, you know, what happens is that arrested uh, development comes out of that where uh, people are stuck at the time of that they had that trauma with their sibling and there's a lot of immaturity where they just weren't able to really grow up. They weren't ready to handle what happened and it really arrested them. So we need to come out of the denial and realize that this is really serious. There was also a couple studies. One in 1980, it was a groundbreaking national study of family violence. And it concluded that the sibling relationship was the most violent of human bonds. 74% of children had pushed or shoved a sibling within the year. And 42% had kicked, bitten, or punched a brother or sister. Wow. And same thing. In 1990, the information was overwhelming that came out of that. Children are the most violent people of all in American families. And sibling violence is the most prevalent form of family violence. So sibling rivalry sibling violence and it's associated it can be the same thing i haven't seen any research that has changed from that and that was done you know a few decades ago so you know societal tendencies with sibling rivalry are to discard it trivialize it they're just kids fighting or boys will be boys and they don't realize how this affects a child for the rest of their life and parents often ignore things that are more physical um, as long as nobody gets killed, right? <laughs> have you heard that one before? You know, just, you know, whatever you have to do to work it out as long as nobody gets killed. One study published in the Journal of Child Maltreatment back in 2005 found that 35% of children had been hit or attacked by a sibling in the previous year. You know, some are fleeting, maybe a little bit less harmless, but more than a third were troubling on the face being hit. Hitting, pushing, slapping, name calling are so common among siblings that these behaviors are just not, they're not regarded as violence. They, they're not seen that way. We've somehow put blinders on. Um, and yet name calling can be very emotionally painful. And many parents regard these behaviors as normal. It's a part of growing up. Uh, some parents even incorrectly assume that such behavior is good preparation for managing what one has to face later as an adult. But the problem with that thinking is they often don't know how to correctly manage their feelings and behaviors, and they need an adult to step in and, and teach them how to deal with it and, and to confront it. And siblings themselves don't really think much of rivalry between themselves being a big deal because nobody else takes it as a big deal. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey everyone, it's Sheila Zielinski. Folks, did I tell you I'm boycotting Starbucks? Listen, I have been on the hunt since I did that expose for a 100% Christian-owned coffee company. And I'm excited to tell you that I not only found one, but I bought their coffee. And you know what? The only reason I agreed to promote it is because I love it. It's the best coffee that I've ever had. And that's not a line. You know how most people just say that? Well, I actually drink this coffee. I've given it to friends and family and even my staff. And you know what they all say? How do I get more of this coffee? And guess what? For Sheila's listeners, you take 10% off your purchases. You can't get any better than that. And here's the kicker. When you buy bestdayevercoffee.com, you support other like-minded Christian businesses. Hey, shouldn't we be supporting our brothers and sisters in Christ? And why buy from big box stores? Their coffee is stale. Listen, you wouldn't eat stale popcorn. Why drink stale coffee? And check out the flavors. And now they have a sample pack where you can try a whole bunch of different kinds and discover your favorite. Listen, go to bestdayevercoffee.com now and use code Sheila at checkout. There's no better way to start your day than with a delicious cup of Best Day Ever Coffee. Drink fresh. Drink bestdayevercoffee.com. Hi, everyone. This is Sheila Zielinski. How would you like to advertise your product or service with us? We have a very robust audience as well as a large social media reach. And we should be supporting Christian businesses. 
If you're interested in advertising your product or services with us, send us an email at info at sheila.media. That's info at sheila.media. And one of our sales staff will get in touch with you to see if your product or service is a good fit. All our advertising packages can be tailored to fit your budget. Consider advertising on The Sheila Zielinski Show. That's info at sheila.media. Make the inquiry today and get your business noticed. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. One man I know when talking about sibling rivalry mentioned that his older sister, being 17, had put him in the clothes dryer when he was five years old and turned it on. He had suffered from a skull fracture and some broken ribs. I asked him how his relationship was with his sister, and he said he has talked to her about three times in his life. Well, not surprising. That was a pretty impactful event, wouldn't you say? And, you know, our organs in the body, we, f- we feel those wounds. I mean, that's, some, that's a scar that is also very physically embedded, you know, in our body. So many parents just don't know or understand and don't know that they need to correctly discipline children because children will do or carry out just what the demons tell them to do. If they have demons of violence, jealousy, or envy, just to name a few, then those demons will act out in children at an early age and even in the womb. And so this is really an important concept. And I think, you know, being a Christian where we can understand that um, helps us to realize that we can cast those demons out. And it's important to do that in a child at an early age. Children learn through watching their parents. So how parents are treating each other is also going to be what you know, children are going to do. If parents are name calling, then children will will also do that. But they learn violence from TV, video games, every you know, anywhere that you can think of, and even cartoons. You know, the animated characters whop each other over with a bat, and they don't appear to die. Right? They just kind of pop back up. What is a toddler going to think about that? Demons definitely can come in through the eye gates and the air gates and give kids ideas. And not governing what they watch can let spirits in because they're not old enough to discern what's right and wrong or what is real and what is fantasy. There's a lot of talk today about the school bully. But what if that bully is your brother or sister? Sibling rivalry may not be outright violent, but it can be a spirit of competition or envy between brothers and sisters. It could be as simple as, I wish I had my sister's hair, or I wish I was as smart as my brother, or wanting to be skinny or pretty or handsome. It's the comparison spirits, and they start early. Weight issues can be a common rivalry between sisters, whether spoken or unspoken. Then when a parent takes a side, it can really be brutal. If a parent joins in on the teasing or the cruelty, it's it's even more traumatic because now that one child doesn't have anywhere else to go. They have no one protecting them. It doesn't take an injury to create, that is a physical injury, to create a problem. One sister said, a brother who tells a sister day in and day out that she's fat and ugly can do a lot of damage. The highest sibling violence was found to be between two brothers and the least between two sisters. But with all with things changing in our society, that could also be changing. Uh, siblings learn violence as a form of manipulation and control as they compete with each other for family resources. What are those resources? Could be love, could be attention, acceptance of who they are, or money and material things, possessions. James 4.1 in the Bible says, From where do wars and fightings come among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts? that war in your members? Well, here's the first spirit, which is lust. This spirit has to be cast out early in a child's youth. First Timothy said, flee youthful lust. There is so much that can be accomplished by getting deliverance on lust. People think of, you know, sexual lust, but for kids, lust is all the things I just mentioned, you know, uh, money, material possessions, you know, lust, you can lust for love. Satan wants to blind us and keep the spirit of rivalry going from youth to adulthood, from generation to generation. So let's look at some of these wounds that happen, and I want to go through the pre-born to adulthood because the wounds are different. And yes, sibling rivalry can start even in the womb of a pre-born child. If you don't believe me, you can see this on YouTube. 
A video was taken of twins fighting in the womb. You can see it on ultrasound. And you can go to YouTube and just type that in, you know, twin sisters fighting in the womb. Or you can go to the website littlethings.com. And it's also there. Um, you can type in sisters in the womb fighting. And it's amazing. You know, one baby in the womb is punching the other one and seems to be the one that's more of the aggressor. But talk about demons in the family line and genetic legacy. There you go. This comes in through our family line. And it can be these different spirits. It can be violence, physical violence. It can be, you know, lust, jealousy, envy, resentment. All of these things, you know, come in through our family lines. And so that's why, you know, it can start in the womb. And remember Jacob and Esau in Genesis 25:24. It says, And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. So right there, Jacob wanted the firstborn blessing in the womb. He was fighting to get out first fighting with his brother um, in the womb. So, and we know that Jacob was determined and fooled his father with the help of his mother to get all the blessings and privileges of the firstborn. So that was the example right there in the Bible of preborn sibling rivalry. Now you go to preverbal infants or toddlers and they express hostility and rivalry um, more physically because they, they can't express emotions as well. And sometimes you might see uh, children reverting back to having accidents um, if they're toilet trained or if they are verbal, they can say things like, isn't it time to send him back, pinch, poke? And so kids will just say, you know, what they think. They don't hold back. And that can be, um, and that can be wounding to a, to a little toddler who um, doesn't know or doesn't understand that their sibling has jealousy or maybe, you know, dealing just with uh, how that happens when another child is born in the family. The birth of a new baby in the family often creates jealousy and distress for older children. And it's, it's a common place for sibling rivalry to start. So parental attention gets taken and sometimes the older children feel that they've been displaced or abandoned. And it could be just a mother's exhaustion, you know, or postpartum depression. And parents may withdraw not realizing that in caring for the newborn, they have, they're not spending time with the older child. Um, what can you do? Well, if there's a father, they can step in and spend more time. Many children feel more connected to their new sibling if they're given some tasks that help them care for the baby, something that's, you know, specific to their age and showing and telling the older sibling that they're loved, setting aside a time for them and teaching them with books or positive talk about their new brother or sister also helps. So those are some things you can do. Now you get to preschool and the uh, rivalry is displayed by more by name calling or verbal abuse, teasing or hitting. Parents need to set limits on what's acceptable right away and set ground rules to make it clear that certain behavior is not acceptable. And, you know, this is a real thing in our society right now because many younger people that have children have a hard time disciplining. They feel that it, it's child abuse to discipline their children. But unless you start early, then you want to see physical abuse, they will do that. They will, there will be sibling rivalry. So, and that's just one part of why it's important to discipline younger children. But teasing is, is a really tough thing. You know, people think, well, it's just a little teasing, but the more the children get teased and you have a highly sensitive person, you will find that person has difficulty as they get older to let somebody jokingly tease them. And they take things real serious, have a hard time laughing at themselves later. So just, you know, something like that can be, um, can be a big wound that uh, needs healing. Another issue is a younger sibling desiring to be part of his older sibling's friendships. And, you know, it can be easier as a parent to tell the uh, older child, you know, to include the younger one. But then that often intensifies the older child's hostility towards the younger. So parents need to be alert to the need to protect each child's, you know, uh, friendships as well as personal possessions. Uh, by the way, it can be wounding to a sibling too when an older sibling doesn't want you hanging around with them at all. So there's got to be a balance uh, sometimes where 
um, we are, you know, as children are taught that they can include their sibling, but it's something that's not forced on them all the time. That's where there's a lot of resentment that comes in and, and the hostility. My older sister would ignore me or she'd brush me aside a lot of the time uh, when we were younger because, you know, she didn't want me in her world with her friends. And I really wanted to be around her and be liked by her, but I was not included or was ridiculed by her and her friends. So, you know, this can bring a spirit of abandonment because the young, younger kids don't understand or spirit of rejection. And sometimes it's the fact that a demon is there already and it just wants to keep pounding a pattern of, say, abandonment in your life or rejection. Demons will tailor make things to compound the wounds you have. Now, parents can help by teaching their children mutual respect, providing a sense of security and helping them to understand these situations, you know, just by being there for them. Okay, so let's talk about school age. Verbal fighting, invasion of privacy, destroying possessions or fighting over them. And that happens at the very beginning also. So, But sometimes it, it just is more intensified at the school age. There can be physical fighting and there can be sexual abuse. It all depends on the family's attitudes towards these things and the family's expectation for each child in the family. How do they apply fairness? At this age, the children are starting to carve out their own person, you know, what they like and what they don't like, and finding out what they excel at. So this is where parents can really just um, treat them as unique individuals and, you know, celebrate the differences, and that will help reduce competition and rivalry. Uh, Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Never before in history have we seen such an urgent need for spiritual warfare. Are you desiring a powerful and successful prayer life with other like-minded prayer warriors? That's what we have put together in SWAT Prayer. SWAT Prayer allows you to join like-minded prayer warriors across the West and worldwide. So you simply go to SWATprayer.com. You type in either your city or your state, you hit enter, you see this SWAT prayer icon that comes up on the screen, you click on that icon, that is your state leader. Simply connect with them and they will put you in touch with prayer groups in your state. God is raising up a powerful body of spiritual warriors ready for battle. Spiritual warfare attack teams that are storming the gates. We are fighting a spiritual battle, and as Christians, we can make all the difference in warfare prayer. As Christians, we are given the power and authority. It's our responsibility to use the tactical weapons that God provided to storm the gates. Never before in history has warfare prayer been so urgently needed. As Christians, we can make a difference. Go to SWATprayer.com today. Do you want a more powerful and successful prayer life? Would you like to see results? God intended you to have victory. So then why does it seem like your prayers seem to go unanswered? Could it be that a key element of Praying powerfully is being left out altogether. Discover the one thing the enemy does not want you to know that can make all the difference. This is a practical and easy to use, powerful book where we lay out a powerful blueprint for real results. You can step into that powerful place of authority and begin to experience the outcome that you've been waiting for. No matter what is going on in your life, you have the power to change things through prayer. And you know prayer is different than warfare? It is time to step out now in power and achieve results. Get your copy of Power Prayers today. It's warfare that works. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and get it brought into your local Christian bookstore. It's warfare that works. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. Feminine hostility can be increased when parents insist that all the children in the family do the same activities all the time or always include each other in play and or put the older one in charge of the younger one all the time. And the important word is all the time and always. It doesn't mean it can't happen some of the time, but 
it's important to have the have the balance there. Now, if you add special needs children or disabled children into the picture, you have a lot of issues because, of course, parents are going to need to spend more time uh, with the children, with these children, and some resentment and rivalry can set in. And, you know, the other side of it is the autistic or those the children that do have um, disabilities, they sometimes have an inability to understand what's socially acceptable behavior. And they might incite rivalry by just not responding appropriately to other siblings. And they can be rough or physically too strong and hurt a younger child. Those are just some things to think about. Name calling of children by parents is, like I said, is a setup for the children to do it to each other. And labeling children the smart one, the dumb one, the wild one, you know, good or bad, that can have a real adverse effect. I know in my family that happened through a, a grandparent, and it really did, um, it really had an adverse effect um, on, on us. And especially when somebody is called smart and dumb and that kind of thing, there's a lot of comparison that goes on. Well, single parents can have more difficult time, you know, balancing the needs of their children just because simply they're the only one. But with God, nothing is impossible. And the last thing is that parents leaving older children at home with younger children when there's evidence of some fighting or abusive behaviors, is they really have to watch that. Um, they could be leaving their children open for uh, more physical abuse and even sexual abuse. So that's something to consider. Of course, you know, it depends on the, on the children and what's going on. But parents need to be aware of that. Okay, so now we're in adulthood. Because you know what? Sibling rivalry lasts a lifetime until there's deliverance and healing. So what happens with dating violence? They found that dating violence was more common among partners who had punched, shoved, or otherwise abused their siblings than those who had not. And that's not too surprising. How you treat your siblings will be a pattern of how you treat your peers, um, dating, and marriage partners. Well, this this comes from an article from the New York Times many years ago where a man whose parents rarely intervened when he and his brother fought, figuring that boys will be boys. So when he was in sixth grade, he said a school counselor concerned about a violent short story he had written asked him about possible abuse at home. And his reaction, he felt relieved and hopeful. But as soon as he told her that it was his brother, not his parents, who was hitting him, the counselor dropped the subject. Yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, it's just your brother. But that's how people react. That's that's how, uh, the, re how the response is to sibling rivalry and sibling violence. Many people said the effects of the early sibling abuse lingered into adulthood. The one man, for instance, said that he still finds a tendency to avoid confrontations, especially with aggressive people who remind him of his brother. Another man, an academic in his 50s, ascribed what he called his constant wariness to his physical intimidation in childhood by an older sister. So a lot of not trusting, a lot of trust issues, feeling wary, um, always kind of being on the alert and, um, and high vigilance. I have, a, I have a high need for solitude when I work, said the professor, who added that the unwelcome shoving and wrestling started when he was a toddler and was one of the defining influences of his early emotional life. Do you see how important this is? It's not just how parents treated us. Yes, I mean, we can talk about that, and that's another area, but it's how our siblings um, treated us also. A lot of time, so also this professor said, a lot of my brain immediately turns to, who is it? Are they going to bother me or sabotage my, me in some way? And that was astute because at least he made the connection to the rivalry. Uh, some people don't. Well, I want to read some more testimonies because I think it's, it really helps us to be able to connect with things that happened to us in our childhood. So I want to read these. These came from the book Sibling Abuse by Vernon Weehy. They're quotes from siblings. So I'll start first with this one. She said, I was being constantly told how ugly, dumb, and unwanted I was. At an early age, I was told no one wants you around. And this was another sibling that said, I wish you were dead. The sister said, you aren't my real sister. Your parents didn't want you either. So they dumped you with us. I grew up feeling if my own family doesn't like me, who will? I believed everything my sister ever told me, that I was ugly, dumb, homely, stupid, and fat. Even though I always was average in weight, I felt no one would ever love me. When you're little, you believe everything you're told. It can last a lifetime. And that's really true. When you're 
a child, you do believe things, especially if it's coming from an older sibling. You tend to believe what they say. Here's another one. My brothers love to tease me to tears. They were ruthless in their teasing and did not let up. They teased me for being ugly. They teased me for being sloppy. And they teased me for just being. This was the worst. Here's another one that has to do with destruction of possessions. And that's that. this is where a spirit of destruction uh, can come in. My sister would take my things and wreck them, cut my clothes up to fit hers, and blackmail me to do her housework. Okay, talk about manipulation again and control spirits. And this sets up the child to become a victim. So the spirit of the person that is doing the the blackmail is controlling and the person that is always controlled is easily controlled. So these are spirits being easily controlled and the dominating spirits. Another one, I was unmercifully tickled by my brother who held down every limb and body part that wiggled and who covered my mouth when I cried and yelled for help. He pulled my hair after I pulled his thinking that would hurt him and he would stop. This woman's mother ignored what her brother did, calling it playing, even though she tried to convince her mother otherwise. So this abuse affects her even now as an adult. She doesn't like to be touched, especially when people hug her or hold her in any way reminiscent of being restrained. See how this sibling abuse goes on into adulthood? And this is a really um, important one. You know, if you've ever had any kind of rivalry and and quite often older siblings will just because they're stronger will restrain through wrestling or some kind of um you know game it could start off as but they'll try their power out and see if they can do that and being restrained is a really traumatic experience and it does have lifelong results or consequences as you can see in that story So, by the way, this is what you get deliverance on because the demons don't have to continue to harass you. Another one, I remember a vague feeling that my brother was more important than me and I should keep quiet and do what he wanted. Well, the implication there is shut up and don't use your voice or have an opinion. So you see a child grows up thinking, I'm not very important and I don't have an opinion. Okay, this testimony... um, was I'm not sure if it was a sister or brother, but it said my parents saw my brother's physical abuse of me as normal sibling rivalry and did not correct any of what he did. If they were around when it was occurring, they would just say we had to had to learn to get along better. So this kind of thing too can go along with alcoholic family patterns where there's a lot of denial or fear of confronting things. Nobody is talking to anybody about it or really dealing with it. I became a very withdrawn child. I would retreat to my room and read. If my brother was involved in a game, I wouldn't play. If he was in a particular room, I would go to a different one. Do you see how this sibling rivalry causes isolation and fear of gathering together with people? So what is adulthood going to be like for this person? Because they will take that right into adulthood and want to be secluded or feel that it's safer to be isolated. But you see how these spirits come in, uh, spirits of isolation and fear early in childhood through this kind of sibling rivalry. Well, there's also spirits of blame or blaming the victim. Quote, I was hurt by the abuse I received from a younger sister, but my sister was not blamed. Or it was turned around that I had done something to cause it. She was never wrong. Spirits of blame are patterns that the demons just keep causing over and over. So you get blamed for everything. And then later in life, well, you've got accusing spirits coming after you and always kind of a setup to be that the victim. Sibling rivalry can also be an expression of anger. This is another quote. My older brother would come home from school agitated and literally start pushing me and my brothers around. If I spoke at all, I was told to shut my mouth. If I cried, he would slap me or shove me down. Deliverance on anger. This is important. If children are angry all the time, it's really time to get them help because violence is the next step if they don't learn how to deal with anger. And I also want to say that sexual abuse with siblings often follows emotional and physical abuse. And those siblings usually reported that, you know, their perpetrators had voiced threats of harm or death if they told their parents. So children, you know, things can start out sort of um, small and they can become more than that. Children remain trapped and they don't know what to do in those kinds of situations. And that is very traumatic. The results of sibling rivalry in people's lives. 
A lot of times low self-esteem, lack of confidence, a sense of worthlessness and being unlovable, trust issues, feeling in everything people say or do that they want to hurt you or blame you. And there's also overcompensating by doing too much work, thinking you'll make yourself feel better. So those were just some of the results of, of sibling rivalry, but I'm, I know there's, there's a lot more. What happens to us as children repeat as patterns over and over in adulthood until we can recognize where it started and where it came from. So that's why I thought it would be good to read those because those are the things we need to get healing on. Now, this is an interesting statistic. Do you know that almost 64% of survivors of sibling abuse never marry? It's pretty interesting, isn't it? The relationship they have with each other is carried into adulthood and they don't want to repeat that and they stay single. So what I want to do now is just maybe just look at a few different stories of sibling rivalry in the Bible. There's so many. I mean, you, if you start reading the Bible, you'll just, you'll just start seeing it over and over again. But of course, the first one was Cain murdering his brother Abel. That was the first sibling rivalry. Why? Well, he was jealous of his brother. Cain envied Abel because God liked his offering better. I really encourage you to do a study on envy and jealousy because this is really where a lot of rivalry comes from. And getting deliverance on these spirits, you know, is really important. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Listen, there are just too many reasons to list why you need to become one of my patrons today. Not only do you get exclusive content, you get access to private Q&As with Sheila and friends, commercial-free content, and so much more when you become a patron member. But you know what a better reason to become a member of patron is? Because you're supporting this broadcast and its efforts to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you partner with me, you become a part of God advancing his kingdom and in the end time harvest of souls that right there is the best reason to get behind this ministry and become one of my patrons let me be your voice in this epic end time battle become a patron today Hey folks, it's Sheila, and I just wanted to write you a quick thank you note on air for taking part in our efforts to bring the message of salvation and forgiveness and deliverance to this hurting and lost world. Your partnership with Sheila Zielinski Ministries, it matters, and it's making a difference in the lives of fellow Christians, not just across North America, but around the globe. You know, Proverbs 11.30 says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. When you partner up with Sheila Zelensky Ministries, it's far more than just giving money to a ministry. It's about sowing seeds into the lives of the lost, winning souls for the kingdom, and equipping the saints for the battles we face here in these last days. By sowing financially into this ministry, you are making an eternal investment into the kingdom of God that will pay dividends eternally. Jesus commanded us to reach the lost world with the good news, and this mandate, it's still in effect for his believers today. This ministry is trying to reach as many people as possible so that they can know about the victory over sin that Jesus has provided for us on the cross and the blessings they can have in communion with this Holy Spirit. Thank you for your continual support in prayer and in giving. You make it possible for all of us here at Sheila Zielinski Ministries to continue to do what we do now and grow to even bigger heights to advance God's kingdom. Together we are all a vital part of fulfilling Jesus' great commission in the earth. We love you and we are praying for you every day. Thank you for your support. You're watching The Sheila Zielinski Show. Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was the tiller of the ground. And so the Lord respected Abel's offering, but not Cain's. And it had to do with Cain's heart. But um, what was Cain's reaction? It says in Genesis 4 that Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel's brother, and it came to pass 
that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Well, that's very telling here regarding siblings having a responsibility to one another. Am I my brother's keeper? Keeper in the Bible means to guard, to protect, to save life, to preserve, and to take care of. When you have a family that disciplines children and teaches respect, you have a unit of preservation, of protection, and a place where you know children can go and know that they're going to be protected there, that their brother or sister is going to stand up for them. We could go on the other side of that and read stories of situations where siblings you know, stood by each other and protected each other. And when we have good, strong sibling relationships, we become stronger, healthier people. So God said to Cain, and this is important because here's the consequences of sibling rivalry and a curse um, in Genesis 4.10. And God said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. And when thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. So look at the curse of sibling rivalry. I mean, people think of this as the curse of murder, but what came first? Sibling rivalry was there, envy and jealousy. The end of jealousy is death, by the way, if you um, do study that in the Bible. And so you have murder. And what is the curse? The curse is that the land that you till is cursed. The fruit of your labor will be nothing. Another part of the curse is fugitive or being on the run, fearful of someone finding you or killing you. And vagabond spirits. Vagabond spirits are real. This is when people feel like they just can't stay in one place or they're always moving around from city to city or state to state. How much have you moved in your life? And there's also other ways that vagabond spirits can come in. But I thought this was interesting as I was doing this study because um, many people might be able to trace that back to some kind of sibling rivalry that they participated in with their sibling. So that's you can cast that out. And then we have David and Eliab. And I, I wanted to do this one because it was an example of teasing. And this is found in 1 Samuel 17, 28. Eliab was his older brother, David's older brother, who teased him for coming out to fight with the giant Goliath. And it says, And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. He said, Why have you come down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down, and thou might see the battle. And David said, What have I done now? <laughs> Is there not a reason? Is there not a cause? You know, that kind of shows you the relationship they had. He was probably, being the youngest son, teased a lot. So he was ridiculed. He was called prideful and naughty, and he was actually standing up against the giant um, on God's behalf. But Eliab was older, and because Eliab was envious of his brother's strength and his faith to go before this giant, you know, he that's why he reacted. He didn't want to be one-upped by his brother. And that's a, that's a really common thing, you know, that one-upmanship. So that's something also to go after. And then the last one I wanted to look at was Tamar and Amnon, because this is an example of incest or sexual abuse of a sibling to another sibling. And a lot of times we don't think of incest as sibling rivalry, but look at the spirits here. So it's, this is in 1 Samuel 13, 1. Amnon was vexed. He, he had a spirit of lust towards his sister, and he carried it out. Um, and then hatred entered in, and he threw her out, never wanting to see her again. Eventually, Amnon died. Okay, that was the result, death. And they never married, both of them. So there's an example, siblings never marrying because of rivalry. Tamar went on to lead a very lonely life, and she was the victim of rape and then abandonment from her brother. You know, and she said, this thing you've done with the rape is really bad, but if you th if you throw me out, you know, if we become estranged, in other words, that's even worse because now she's alone. And when siblings become estranged, I believe there's a spirit of abandonment that happens to each one. When one sibling says, you know, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, or they cut you off, that's really cutting a deep soul tie with someone whom you have known all your life. And, and it's such a deep soul tie, one that I think God puts there for a reason, 
And when when a sibling cuts off another one, it's really painful. This really trickled down the family line with David's family. If you read the story of this, because another brother, Absalom, um, became involved and then killed Amnon. And then Absalom went on to have rivalry with his father, and he was killed. So do you see how a spirit can can lead to sibling rivalry and then cause the whole family to become estranged, abandoned, and death is the result? And people say, oh, it's just a little thing that the kids are fighting with each other. They'll grow out of it. Really? Can you grow out of a demon? No, it has to be cast out. A child has to be taught. They don't grow out of their youthful lust either. Timothy, First uh, Timothy said it's to flee youthful lusts. It's something that really... Um, you know, isn't going to just go away. We have to cast it out. Well, research has indicated that the closeness maintained to at least one sibling during childhood reduces the risk of depression in adulthood. And I can really vouch for that, having maintained closeness with uh, one of my siblings. And actually, I have, I maintain ties with all of my siblings, but especially having a closeness to one, you know, it's such a deep connection and it brings a sense of security and acceptance. And it's found in no one else because usually we have, there's an unconditional kind of love in siblings, you know, when there's not rivalry. And it's, it's something different than just a close friend. The family unit was created by God for a reason. It protects us and it keeps us safe and well. And so when that's violated, we have to realize something's wrong. That's not the way, you know, God intended it to be. And it's not the way that he wants it to be. I know this message might have been an intense one for you and it might be very emotional, but I think it's going to bring healing as we pray and get deliverance. And we need to get deliverance and let God heal our wounds. This is where we come out of denial from that was no big deal to that really hurt me. And we ask God to come into that moment and heal the hurt. If you were the one that did violence or name calling or didn't even realize that the effect it would have on your sibling, but now you realize it, you know, you may have wounded them, you can ask for forgiveness and you can begin the healing process with them. If it's possible, and it's not always possible, sometimes our siblings have passed on or they have, you know, cut ties with us, but I've had to go back and I've had to ask forgiveness of my siblings for my behavior and it's made a difference and it's improved our relationships. If you're willing to do this, you will have gained a lifelong relationship that will bring you joy. As a parent, you may need to heal your wounds in childhood before you can see clearly to discipline your children and provide that loving, safe environment for your children. But also, I hope that this has helped you to become just aware of sibling rivalry, the seriousness of it, to set and to be able to set limits and start teaching your children how to treat each other. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Green New Deal appears to be the number one headline in the news, and it is not going anywhere. But is this New Deal really new? This green agenda is not about saving the planet as its creators are quick to espouse. It is instead the re-implementation of an ancient pagan imperial doctrine that seeks to destroy the world's nation-states, implement global governance, and drastically reduce the world's population. The new religion of Gaia is in fact a revival of paganism that rejects Christianity altogether and considers its followers to be its biggest enemy. Gaia is a cunning mixture of science, paganism, eastern mysticism, and feminism and has made this pagan cult the fastest growing religion on the planet. It views the Christian faith as the only obstacle preventing the formation of a global religion centered on uniting all forms of life around the goddess of Mother Earth. In her critically acclaimed book, Green Gospel, author, researcher, and broadcaster Sheila Zielinski demolishes what you think you know about the Green New Deal. She exposes how the claim that the human-induced global warming and the Green Agenda were diabolical plans deliberately hatched decades ago by the UN and are the greatest frauds of our time. Green Gospel unpacks the greatest deception of our era and takes you through the astonishing who, what, when, where, and why of the Green New Deal and explains what it's really all about. Get your copy of Green Gospel today. Watching the Sheila Zelinsky Show.
There are demons that work in families to encourage sibling rivalry, but you can stop this cycle now in your family line. And the only way to get victory is to get rid of the demons. So with that, I'd like to pray for us now and to call out some of these spirits. So Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for uh, making this information known, that we can understand what sibling rivalry is, and it's not what you intended. And I pray that you would bring restoration and healing to people who are listening to this message. We would begin to call out the demons now, and the people would get deliverance. And I lose angels to go and route these demons out and push them to the top. All denial over sibling rivalry, I command to come out now in Jesus' name. All denial, it's no big deal. I lose awareness, I lose recognition, and any kind of um, antagonism towards siblings come out now in Jesus' name. All of the antagonisms, every conflict, envy, jealousy, physical fighting come out now in Jesus' name. All hostility, teasing or bullying your brother or sister, or being teased or bullied by a brother and sister. All violence come out now in Jesus' name. Spirits of hatred and resentment come out, never letting it go. I'm going to hold a grudge for the rest of my life. I'm not going to forgive them. It hurt me too much. All spirits of envy wanting. I want what they had. I wish I could have been like them, or I wish I could have been pretty, skinny, smart, whatever it was. Come out now in Jesus' name. All that envy, all jealousy that wanted to protect what I had, so I had to I had to beat up my brother or sister. Or I had to push them away or shove them so that I could get what I needed from my parents. I could get the attention and love or I could get the favor. Come out now in Jesus' name, all the way out. Backbiting, bad sportsmanship, coveting, evil eye, grudging, hatred, bad blood. Come out in Jesus' name. Spirits of contention, having a contest. It's always a contest between my brother and sister, always having to compete. And maybe that was a spirit in the family, a spirit of competition in the family. Come out now in Jesus' name. Get out of the family line. All that competing. Who can be the best? Who can get the most A's? Who can get the award or the blue ribbon? Quarreling, squabbling, strife and competition. Come out. These are all spirits and demons. And I command you now to come out. I loose angels to just drain them of their fuel supply. Cut their tongues off. Take them by their scrawny little necks and shake them. And make them manifest and come out now in Jesus' name. Sibling rivalry all the way out. Discord, friction. Yeah, we, we get along. We just have a little bit of friction. I don't know what it is, but we just don't seem to be able to get along. Come out now in Jesus' name. Wanting to surpass that one-upmanship. You know, just I can just do one more thing better. Striving, struggling, tug of war, wrangle, battle, brawl. Spirits of debate, we're going to duke it out, rumble, skirmish, free-for-all, you know, where you just got piled on, that free-for-all that all the kids in my family, all the siblings are just piling on me. I was the youngest. Come out now in Jesus' name, all those spirits, all the wounds. I lose healing to those wounds. I lose angels to go in and just um, pull them out. All the names, all the name-calling, uh, every single name they were called. I lose angels to pull those names out, out of their mind. Every evil memory recall they have of the situation, I lose healing. Command all the images to be uh, discharged, to come out in Jesus' name. The bigger sibling always winning. They're too big for me. I can't fight them. Spirits of restraint, being restrained, that feeling of entrapment. Come out now in Jesus' name. Entrapment, I can't get away. Dogfighting, bickering, ruckus, melee, riots. All the way out now in Jesus' name. Spirits of control come out. All that control and manipulation. I'm going to be the one in control and you're going to do what I say. Come all that blackmail that was carried out. Destruction of possessions, destroying clothes, destroying things that was your siblings come out now in Jesus name. The wounds of having my uh, possessions taken, uh, having my clothes used um, come out now in Jesus name. Come on, all the family violence too, just any family violence that was there, physical, emotional, or sexual abuse come out of the people now in Jesus name. All biting, slapping, pushing, pinching, Come off, come off the skin, come off physically out of the body where they were hurt. Any broken bones we lose healing to, we command all of the stress and the trauma that's in that area of their body to come out now in Jesus' name. Hair pulling, scratching, tickling, all of that, all everything that's painful, emotional pain of being called names come out now in Jesus' name. Being stuck to arrested development that just keeps us in that in that place where we emotionally where we can't grow up where we can't heal, and the same thing keeps happening to us. 
Come out now in Jesus' name, all the way out. Teasing, cruelty, keep moving. Comparison spirits, lust spirits. Come on, always being called fat or ugly, dumb, stupid. Come out. Sibling rivalry that came in through the womb. Come out now in Jesus' name. It came in through the womb. I don't know what it was, but, you know, ever since I can remember, we were always fighting. Come out of the people. Come out of the people now in Jesus' name, all the way out. From pre-verbal to toddler to preschool, every wound that happened as a pre-verbal infant. Come out now in Jesus' name. Any hostility or rivalry that was expressed by your sibling. Come out now in Jesus' name. Jealous or envious of the new baby that was born. And I just not going to ever get over it. I'm just going to always make it hard for them. I'm going to ridicule them or tease them all the time or call them names or show them that I'm in control. All those spirits come out now in Jesus' name. Whether you were the bully or you were the victim, come out in Jesus' name. Name calling, verbal abuse, teasing, hitting, just the hitting or shoving, always being shoved or hit by your sister or brother, come out now in Jesus' name. Verbal fighting, invasion of privacy, all the way out. Everything that's just caused you distress in your life through, you know, dating violence or adult violence, you know, being married to someone who's violent because you were a victim in your childhood. Spirits of blame, too, where we just were always blamed or you blame yourself for it. Come out in Jesus' name. I lose a spirit of restoration and healing to people. I lose reconciliation where it's possible. Father, I ask that you would um, open the doors for reconciliation, that you would just send angels out now to go to all the brothers and sisters, to move in their hearts, to be, start to restore relationships that were broken. Father, even if they can't do that, I pray for healing right now, that there can be a healing deep down in their heart, that any grudges, any unforgiveness, resentments can be loosed and healed. I pray for long-lasting and, yes, long-life relationships between sisters. Siblings. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of the blessings of that. And I break off any curses, too, that the people have of murder or the sibling rivalry that they did that was murder. I break those curses off now in Jesus' name of the vagabond spirits. Um, come out in Jesus' name, vagabond spirits, or always moving around, being a fugitive, um, never seeing the fruit of my labor. I break those curses off the people in Jesus' name. Father, I ask again for um, complete healing, restoration, and reconciliation in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Carolyn, that was excellent. What a good teaching, powerful stuff. Everybody can relate to this very quickly in the waning part of the show. Carolyn, give out your information, how folks can get in touch with you if they have any questions. Sure. Um, they can get in touch with me at ctminkowski at gmail.com. I just want to spell the name, too, for those of you that might be listening to the podcast. Of course, again, it's up on your screen there. So it's C.T. Minkowski. That's C-T-M-I-N-K-O-W-S-K-I at gmail.com. Reach out to Carolyn and let her know you heard her on the program. What a really great program that was. And we are out of time. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless. I want to ask you a question today. Are you saved? What do you have to do to be saved? The time is now. If you've not already given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's time that you do so. And you can do it right now at this very moment. Just agree with this following prayer. I'm going to ask you to believe this in faith and pray this with all your heart. And if you do so, you'll receive the free gift of salvation that Jesus bought for you. Jesus bought the penalty for sin. Pray this out loud right now. Dear God in heaven, I come to you today as a lost sinner. I'm asking you that you save my soul and cleanse me from all sin and unrighteousness. I realize in my heart my need for salvation, which can only come through Jesus Christ. I repent for my sins now, and I accept Jesus Christ into my heart, and I receive what he did on the cross at Calvary in order to purchase my redemption. In obedience to your word, God, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. You said in your word, which cannot lie, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. That's Romans 10:13. And I've called upon your name exactly as you have said in your word, and I do believe that right now I am saved. 
Amen. If you've sincerely prayed those words above and believe in your heart upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then at this moment you are saved and your name is now written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And congratulations, because that was the most important decision you've ever made. Know that Jesus really does love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 Contact us today. We have a free book that we'd like to send you out if you have made that commitment today. Folks, listen, do you know how vitally important it is that you subscribe, like, and share these videos? Because when you take that simple action, you're helping to boost the show's algorithms. You know what they're doing out there on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. They use AI to monitor and distribute content. So when you do share, like, and subscribe, it helps the show appear in more people's news feeds. And that is important with all this Stasi censorship, isn't it? So by liking and sharing, you're actually taking part, spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, equipping the saints. You're part of that. You become part of the harvesting of souls for God's eternal kingdom. So please, again, take a moment to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Like, share, and subscribe.